Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Herridge here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. It was a a bit of a quiet day for our major indexes today. We finished pretty much flat almost across the board here. And I'll get to all of that here in a second. But overall, certainly not a quiet day from news-wise, from everything that's going on this week to the new infrastructure bill that was just signed. Going to get into all of it here today. So let's jump right in. Starting first with Q3 earnings, as this is really one of the last really big weeks for Q3 earnings. Got a lot of big names coming up and specifically big retail names coming in. So right now there's a lot of anticipation of how these retail names will perform in light of the battles with inflation, the supply chain issues. Really a great piece from Bridgewater last week about the demand issues here and with people having more money in their pockets from the unemployment benefits and stimulus checks about how that has really been maybe the more crucial factor, even more so than the supply side issue, because you have the same amount of goods going out, but more people competing to buy them. Folks, that's the definition of inflation right there uh, on the demand side, at least. So you've got so many of these factors to come in and the, the thinking goes that you'll see a lot of it in these retail names. But early on during inflationary cycles, Inflation does lift earnings for companies like these. Uh, So strong earnings here helps lift the stock market overall as a whole. So it's going to be an interesting week here to see how these earnings come in. And we might be getting a little bit of of, of a tell from the market going into this as today XRT, the retail ETF, hit an all time high. So we'll see if the ETF can hang on to these gains here, or if we'll be getting more of a buy the rumor, sell the news type of event. And again, this is what we're looking for this week as far as a tell from our markets. Because remember, it's not the news that matters, it's gonna be the market's reactions to the news. So let's say, for example, we do get a strong earnings season in these retail names, but then our market sells off. That could be a potential tell from the market that things might be weaker than they appear and that Q4 earnings might not be as strong as people had thought. Maybe it is some supply chain issues, not being able to get everything to customers in time before the holidays. Uh, Or, you know, we could get a big rally from there on some strong earnings. That's what we'll be watching for this week. And we think longer term, it will give us a big tell about where the market is heading from here. You know our view, the market's going to continue heading higher. That's how we're positioned uh, and we continue to be here. So let's take a look at some of the names that we'll be looking at this week. Uh, Today, not any really any major names, uh, but tomorrow we've got Walmart, Home Depot, And then on Wednesday, Target, Lowe's, TJ Maxx, uh, Bath & Body Works, also NVIDIA being thrown in there as well. That'll be an interesting one to watch for, not necessarily a retail name, but then the retail names continue on Thursday with Macy's, Kohl's, and actually JD.com, while it's a Chinese name, did just report record uh, beats from their singles day, which is a huge event in China, so that might show up a little bit. 
although that will show up in their Q4 report, really. Um, but overall, I do want to point out that while XRT, the retail sector ETF, is at extreme overbought, a lot of the retailer names I just mentioned that are reporting this week, like Walmart, Target, Lowe's, and some other ones as well, have pulled back from extreme overbought readings on our VRA momentum oscillators here. So they could have some room to run, really, if they get some strong earnings here. Uh, be great to see a big rally coming in and XRT continuing to hit fresh all-time highs. Uh, then, as I mentioned earlier, the big news today, of course, is that Biden just signed the latest government spending program, the so-called infrastructure bill, set to spend another $1.2 trillion. And of that money, looks like a little under half of it will be spent on actual infrastructure projects. Of course, that's just the, the top line article reads right now. These bills are just so massive that very few people actually have read all of them and seen the uh, so many different things that they could have put into this. Overall, on the surface, I mean, we have to look at this. It's becoming, it's becoming comical now. Since the start of coronavirus insanity, we've spent over $10 trillion in fiscal and monetary stimulus. Uh, so all of this, going back to the onset of coronavirus insanity, I mean, it's getting out of hand, and that includes the ones that happened under Trump. Uh, and really, you know, we have to take an audit here of what has happened with all of this money. Where is it really going? Uh, have people really seen $10 trillion worth of improvements in their everyday life? I, I would wager no in that regard. Most of this money winds up in the pockets of special interest groups who essentially funnel taxpayer dollars into the, the pockets of their businesses, their families. Uh, folks, this is the permanent ruling class telling you, and it just cracks me up every time I see it, they tell you, this will cost taxpayers nothing for this bill. Uh, it's just, it, it's pure gaslighting here. Uh, oh man, I got so many thoughts on this. Really could do a whole podcast just on this, but I don't know if many of you saw the Twitter war between uh, Elon Musk and David Beasley last week. David Beasley is the director of the World Food Program who said that with $6.6 billion that Elon Musk could save 42 million people's lives by helping prevent geopolitical instability. Uh, Musk was pretty quick to shut him up on that one, really, asking that it would be fully transparent. And then, of course, the article that he shared after showing the extreme negligence from his specific group in sexual abuse allegations from the UN's agency, saying that they were basically sexually abusing the very kids they were sent to help. So my question then is, if $6.6 billion, and yes, he's at the UN, so it's different, right? It's not here in the US, but if $6.6 billion is all that's needed to save 42 million lives, I mean, what have we done with this $10 trillion in stimulus that we've had since March of last year? How have we not fixed more problems here in the United States? Whether it's the homelessness issues, children living in poverty, college tuition debt, healthcare prices that are absolutely astronomical, unaffordable really to so much of America, where has this $10 trillion really gone to? And remember, that's only here in the US. Globally, 
There's now $35 trillion plus in fiscal and monetary stimulus across the world. And what do we have to show for that money other than the loss of our freedoms globally, right? And yes, you can make the argument, well, housing prices have increased, stocks are are looking great, uh, which both things are true. But if you don't own assets like that, then you haven't participated in this at all. So really, it's only uh, the middle to upper classes that have benefited from this, leaving anybody on the lower end of the spectrum in the dust, making it even harder for them to catch up here. And I'm not a communist. I'm not a socialist. But if we're going to spend $10 trillion here in the US, we might as well have something to show for it other than a few thousand dollars that the lower class has in stimulus checks. I mean, hundreds of billions of dollars went to businesses that are now laying people off over vaccine mandates. That money was supposed to go into the Paycheck Protection Program. Instead, it's going to be paid to the chief executives at these companies for incredible bonuses. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling, really. And imagine if this money could have been spent to actually benefit our country here. It's, it's very frustrating to watch and really... To me, if you pay attention to this kind of stuff, it just seems like such a clear example of the authoritarian system that we're heading towards here. That if you don't support that system and support it blindly, well then, you're going to be left out. But if you are a part of the system, you're going to be taken care of. I mean, so many examples of that that I could give, but we only have so much time on the podcast here. Again, could do a whole podcast on just this. Uh, but overall, this this infrastructure plan is nothing more than the great reset in disguise here. Make no mistake about it. The whole entire Build Back Better agenda is meant to fundamentally change our economic structure here in the United States, really printing ourselves into oblivion. Uh, but at the end of the day, our job here at the VRA is to help you make money off of these trends. If we can see them in advance, we can make money off of them. We can profit on them as we move in to this brave new world. And even though it seems dystopian and and really out of this world that this has happened in all of our lifetimes in just the last two years, that doesn't mean everything's going to fall apart. We see the stock market heading a whole lot higher from here. And the key to not only surviving but prospering through this is by owning assets as much as you can that includes stocks, real estate, precious metals, cryptocurrencies, really anywhere you can protect your money against inflation. All of those ways work there. As we've said for some time, cash is trash. It's just the way that we're headed. But that's not to say that King Dollar isn't going to be around for a while longer. I got to point out that today, the dollar just hit its highest level since July of last year. So it might appear that things are looking pretty good on the surface. But then I encourage you to zoom out on that chart. Anything longer than a few year chart, you can see that the dollar has lost so much value. And if you go back to the creation of the Federal Reserve in 1913, the dollar has lost 97% 
of its value since that time. So that's a long-term trend that we don't see changing any time soon, especially as we continue to keep the money printers going here. And after this bill just got signed, doesn't look like anything's changing anytime soon here. But again, that doesn't mean that everything's going to shit. It just means that we have to be smart about how we learn to prosper off of these trends. And on that note, let's take a look at our markets on the day today. Like I said, pretty quiet day. A fairly narrow trading range, really, uh, pretty much flat across the board here for everything except for the small caps, which did lead the way lower down just under half a percent to 2,400. Everything else pretty much flat on the day here. The Dow down just 0.04% to 36,087. NASDAQ down a similar 0.04% to 15,853. And lastly, the S&P pretty much exactly flat on the day to 4,682. Looking at our internals on the day, this is we would have liked to have seen better readings, especially as we were talking about our markets heading higher into this week's earnings. We didn't get it today, but they weren't awful here either. Um, declining stocks, beating out advancing stocks on both the NYSE and the NASDAQ, but not a bad beat, nothing two to one negative or anything like that. New 52-week highs to lows were our bright spot on the day, coming in just over 2 to 1 positive overall for a combined NYSE and the NASDAQ. Then lastly, volume here did come in negative for the NASDAQ, but was able to come in positive for the NYSE. So a bit of a probably mixed and negative, we'll call it here on the day today. Looking at our sectors on the day, this might have been our bright spot. We finished with 7 out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day. We were led by utilities, which was interesting because rates have continued higher. The 10-year up another 2.5% today, now back to 1.62. I mean, nothing major there. Certainly at a 1.62 long-term trend, we also expect that to continue lower as well. Followed there by energy real estate and consumer staples, which did hit an all-time high today. Uh, and then consumer, uh, communication services for our laggards on the day. It was healthcare, materials, technology, and consumer discretionary. Uh, finally for today, our VRA commodity watch. Gold now down slightly on the day, just less than two-tenths of 1% to 1865 But I want to point out, a trend that we've been watching here and highlighting over the last couple of weeks have been the miners. GDX, the mining ETF, continuing to look pretty strong here. It is at overbought readings now on our short-term VRA momentum oscillators, but it has broken through its, its downtrend line going back to about May of this year. Now broken above that line. It's an important point back above its 200-day moving average as well. And then on a day like today where gold was down, GDX was up, nothing major, but it was up 0.37%. Certainly not bad action there. So again, on a day when gold is down, that's what you want to see, the miners continuing to lead gold higher. Next up, silver, now down about eight-tenths of 1% to $25.14 an ounce. Copper, now down a little more, 0.91% to $4.40 a pound. And oil, now up slightly as well uh, by about two-tenths of 1% to $79.84 a barrel. Lastly here for today, Bitcoin now down 0.46% to 63,917 a Bitcoin. 
Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at VRAinsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top. We'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.